Mac Power Users, episode 532, Better Touch Tool. Hello and welcome back to Mac Power Users. My name is Stephen Hackett and I'm joined as always by my co-host and friend, Sir Davis Sparks. Hello, Stephen. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I can't help myself but be a little happy. We're making a Mac Power Users show about one app. Those are some of my favorite shows. Mine too. Let's just roll up our sleeves and dive deep. And this is one we've been threatening to make a show about for years. It's an app I use all the time, and I think we've hooked Steven on it in the process of prepping this show uh, called Better Touch Tool. Yeah, it's it's one of these tools that just makes your Mac way more powerful and flexible by harnessing your input devices. We talked about Keyboard Maestro, and I have a question for you at the end of the show, kind of comparing the two. But this goes even further. You can use your trackpad, your mouse, all sorts of different input devices to make your Mac sing and dance. I think, and I, I'm not sure of this, I think this started out as a touch tool, as the name implies, tool. Um, you know, Apple makes, um, when they started, Apple started making better trackpads. Mm-hmm. They um, they started adding gestures to them. So like if you do four fingers up, it goes one way. If you swipe three fingers to the right, it switches windows. And so they've got some basic gestures built in. Um, a lot of listeners probably already know about that, but if you just go to the the trackpad settings on your laptop, you'll see all the various options. If you get the magic trackpad for your iMac, you get the same things. But the idea behind Better Touch Tool, and I guess I should have asked the developer before we recorded, was you know to improve upon that. You know, what if we wanted to make it way better? But the thing that makes this app awesome is over the years, he has expanded the app to basically every input system that's ever been available on a Mac. They've yeah. got, you know, I mean, MIDI controller. Yeah. We've got the Siri the touch, remote. <laughs> yeah, the, the touch bar, the magic mouse, you know, that has basically a touch-sensitive mouse where you can do things with it. Um, so he's just, like, continued to grow the app, not only with the types of input it can accept, but also the power that the app has. And it's really turned into a power user tool. One of the things we did was ask listeners how they're using Better Touch Tool in the forums. And we're going to talk about some of those uses at the end. And we've got some users that are just crushing it with Better Touch Tool. Yeah, I was really uh, encouraged looking through the forum like, oh, like so many great ideas. And that's true with so many different automation systems, no matter what we're talking about. When you see how other people use them, it can spark ideas to resolve issues in your own workflow. And so we're going to share some of the things that we do. But I think even listening to the the triggers and actions that we're going to talk through today, I hope that it will bring ideas to mind for the listeners because tools like this are so open-ended and so powerful. Sometimes it can be a little overwhelming to start from nothing, but if you see someone solve a problem that's close to one that you have, it can encourage some creativity and you can be on your way with a new automation in just a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, the developer, I guess I'd call him a friend. I have an e-relationship with him. I uh, email each other once every Are we going with that six word? months or so. I'm not sure I like that word. Yeah, well, give me a better one. Man. I don't have one. <laughs> I never met the guy in person. We've okay. emailed each other quite a bit over the years. So anyway, Andreas, good guy. Uh, I like that. This is another thing I like about this app. It's it's a passion project from a single developer. And he's, uh, in the last year or two, I think he's managed to turn this into a gig where he's making his living selling this app. It's more than just something he does on the side, and which explains why the app has got a lot prettier and a lot more powerful over the last year. 
uh, so I, I wrote him, told him we're going to do a show on it. And he was very happy about that. So much so that he gave a discount to users, to the Mac Power users. So it's $7.50 for a license, which is a steal. Uh, $21 for a lifetime license. Uh, it's also on set app, but you can get the app for 20% off with the code BTT underscore MPU. Better touch tool, Mac Power users. BTT underscore MPU. Get your 20% off. Buy the lifetime one. Just go crazy. Oh, yeah. Th- this is such uh, an inexpensive utility. Like he, he should charge more for this. Yes, <laughs> he should. He should, honestly. Yeah, so the lifetime license receives all updates in Better Touch Tools feature, which is really cool. And any macOS apps that he releases during the two years following the purchase. So if he comes out with something new, you're grandfathered into that, which is really cool. You've really got to... Uh, you got to do the lifetime. Anytime I see that on an app like this, that's what I want to do because I, I want the developer of this to be around for a long time, especially being an independent developer. That's a hard gig and it is uh, it is neat to be able to support that. So so go check that out most definitely. And if you have set up, you can uh, check it out. And, but then I still think you should throw your 21 bucks his way. Yeah, you can find it over at Folivera. Dot AI, F-O-L-I-V-O-R-A dot AI. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, we've got uh we've got links in the show notes, including that coupon code. So you can you can go find that f- find that and uh, get it going on your Mac. So it's pretty sweet. Yeah. So better touch tool, it's a utility. Uh it's in the vein of something like Hazel and Keyboard Maestro. I'd say not quite as expansive as Keyboard Maestro and kind of scratches a different itch than Hazel. But uh, it's the, the focus is, as the name implies, the, the touchpad or the input mechanism to your, to your computer. Because it's a utility, though, it's something once you start running, you've got to open system preferences and give it lots of permissions. Mm-hmm. And there's this great little touch when the, the app asks for permission no, it tells you what to do, and then the window moves to the top left corner of the screen, so system preferences that comes up isn't behind it, which is like a little piece of polish that I really love, and it, it does a great job walking you through it. You know, I think we've all been in that situation where you install an app, and like you don't know why it doesn't work until you like go to system preferences, like, oh, it wanted this permission. Better Touch Tool does a really good job explaining what it needs, explaining why it needs it, and you know, you're doing a bunch of automation on the Mac. Under Catalina, that means a lot, a lot of checkboxes and system preferences, but uh, it does a good job walking you through it. Uh, another thing that I absolutely love about Better Touch Tool is the documentation. It is so well laid out and so deep in terms of detail. Like every every single Mac app I use, I want this sort of documentation for because you could start at zero and read through this documentation and be in great shape to, to use this, use this application. And I think it's a real lesson in how developers should do this sort of thing for their users. Yeah. Full of screenshots, very easy to understand descriptions. And even just the way it's laid out, it's very easy to get to what you, you might want. And there's also a form so you can communicate with uh, other Better Touch Tool users. Uh, just like Greg has with drafts and like we have with, with Mac Power users, you know, a place where you can ask questions, share workflows, and again, spark that creativity, solve a problem for somebody else. And in my time poking around that the last couple of weeks, it seems like a, a really solid community. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's really, you know, it's a utility app. Like so many of these automation tools, it's broken down with triggers and actions. You know, what is your trigger? What's going to happen? With Better Touch Tool, the triggers are, you know, they're related to your input devices. Uh, and we're going to go through those in detail in the mm-hmm. show. But just for an example, what if you wanted to do, take three fingers and double tap the trackpad? You know, that is a trigger. Um, if you look at the Apple suggested um, gestures, that's not something that does anything with an Apple suggested gesture. But when you install better touch tool, suddenly that three finger double tap, it couldn't be a possible trigger for you. And then you can turn that into something. And it's just great. A whole other thing it does. And we mentioned this on the David Wayne show a few weeks ago. I think that's what kind of got the seed planted to do this episode is you can completely rewrite the touch bar to make it something useful to you. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get into and all the touch bar stuff it could do. It is really amazing how much you can customize that experience. Like you can totally throw away everything Apple does with it and build your own little almost like your own little stream deck right there on your laptop. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> this episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you by Eero. Eero is the Wi-Fi that your home deserves because every home should have fast, reliable Wi-Fi wherever and whenever you need it because you deserve it. You shouldn't have to choose where you work in your home or what room you can stream something in because the Wi-Fi is bad. And Eero blankets your whole home in Wi-Fi reliability so you don't have to deal with those sorts of issues. It eliminates poor coverage, dead spots, and buffering. With Eero, you will have a consistently strong signal wherever you need it. And for a limited time, Eero's mesh Wi-Fi system starts at just $79. So now is the time to upgrade your Wi-Fi system. It sets up in just a few minutes. It plugs right into your modem or router, and you manage everything from a dead simple iPhone app, which even lets you pause the Wi-Fi for dinner and alert you if any device attempts to join your network. I've used Eero for several years in my house. The coverage is great, but that app really is the game changer. A lot of routers have really bad dashboards you have to log into in a browser on your desktop, and it's confusing. Eero takes all of that mystery out of it, and it's really easy to make changes, to tweak things on your network. For instance, we have a, a new iPad in the house because my kids are home, and I could very easily group it into the group uh, of devices that I have that have web filtering applied to them with just a couple of taps. With Eero, there'll be no more Netflix buffering in the bedroom, no more complaints of, of Xbox users with bad signal, no more worrying that your security camera may drop offline. And it makes conference calls much easier as well. Eero has fixed my Wi-Fi woes. Let it fix yours. And you can have this fix as soon as tomorrow. Go to eero.com MPU and enter the code MPU at checkout to get free overnight shipping on your order. That's eero.com MPU and the code MPU at checkout to get Eero delivered with free overnight shipping. Our thanks to Eero for the support of this show and Relay FM. So let's talk about some of the, the triggers in Better Touch Tool. There's a lot of stuff here, and we're going to hit on the high points, but all of them have uh, uh, lots of options, too. I really, I really recommend people check this out and explore it because, like, just we could talk for an hour just about what it can do with a magic trackpad, right? Like, there's so many options, uh, but we want to hit the high points. Yeah, and they've really the the application really has evolved over the years. Uh, earlier iterations, it would have. 
the mouse and the trackpad at the top so you could click on the icon for the device and then start making your triggers. The problem is it's grown so much. You know, I think before we even get into the triggers, we have to cover what are all the input mechanisms, you know? <laughs> There's a lot of them. And uh, so if, if you open the app interface, you've got a selection bar, you pick the app interface you want to work on, and then you've got triggers connected to those. And I, I guess the place to start would be the keyboard. I think so. And what what is neat about Better Touch Tool is that it can tell the difference between the right and left modifier keys. So for instance, if you wanted the left command shift i to do something so the, the left command key and you wanted the right command key shift i to do something else you can set that up so you're not you know by default the mac views both command keys and both option keys as basically the same thing and by decoupling those better touch tool opens uh you know basically twice the number of potential keyboard shortcuts which is really really neat yeah yeah and whoever uses the right modifier keys anyway right do you ever use those uh no i'm trying to like think maybe when i hit print maybe i hit the right command key but that's not very often yeah i feel like that's a real nice area there to create shortcut based automation when you've got a set of keys that never get used and now you can identify them yeah yeah, I, th- I, th- I think so. But it's even smarter than that. So it can trigger on key up or key down. So do I want to hit start something when I hit the key or when I let go of it? So it, it gives you more options there. And even it can watch for key repeat. So you could set something up to like, you know, if I just, for instance, just press the H key three times in a row, that could be a trigger. Probably not a very great one, but <laughs> if you want it, it'll do it. Yeah. SOS, type SOS, and your computer just shuts down and bursts into flames. <laughs> Sends up a signal to this guy. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so the keyboard, I think, is where this most overlaps with other utilities. But from here on out, things start to get pretty wild. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't use Better Touch Tool for anything with a keyboard trigger. I do use a keyboard actions with better touch tool where I do a trigger on a different, you know, um, input device and it types a keyboard shortcut for me, but I'd actually use it as a keyboard capture device. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that makes sense. You know, the first one and the one that is most interesting to me is probably the trackpad. If you've got a laptop, then you've got a trackpad. If you get the magic trackpad with your iMac, it really just changes the scope of what you can do with that device. And for someone who's a power user, it completely is a game changer. Oh, yeah. And it, this is not just, you know, tapping with two fingers. You can use up to four fingers on the mouse, up to five fingers on the magic trackpad. And it is tapping. It is, you know, deep force touching, whatever that's called this week. Tapping on one of my favorites is tap on the left side of the trackpad or, t- or tap on the right side of the trackpad. So you can combine all of these things. And what's, what's cool about this is that you can build like a library of triggers that are all all related. And if you just add a finger or do it on one side or the other, it, it do something different. And so again, like the keyboard, it's sort of taking one input and dividing it into multiple inputs. And because the Magic Trackpad in particular is so large, I have no trouble using a four-finger gesture or a four-finger tap comfortably. I don't have to think about where my fingers are. I can just do it without paying much attention to it. 
because the hardware allows for that and the better touch tool just unlocks it. Yeah, and just to, I'd like to go through just some of the gestures. I'm just looking at the two finger gestures, but they have these all the way through five fingers. So you can have the tap, double tap, or click, which is stuff that we already have been doing. And sometimes that may interfere with an existing one. But they also have the ability to pinch in or pinch out via trigger, rotate right, rotate left, scroll up, or scroll up with a modifier key. So you could make, if you scroll up by holding down the right command key, something happens. And then there's a whole bunch of swipe gestures. So two fingers swipe up, down, left, right. You can also swipe in from the top edge, bottom edge, left edge, or right edge. Now that is a series of gestures available for all of these from one finger to five fingers. I mean, it, it, I don't know, I haven't done the math, but it's, <laughs> it's probably about 60 or 70 different gestures. Yeah, at least. I mean, and yeah. you can use all of them if you want to. Some of them do conflict with the system preferences pane that you mentioned a second ago. So for instance, I've got one that's three fingers down where that was app expose, which is showing me every window open in Safari. I never used that feature. So I just turned it off in system preferences. So I don't have sort of dual duty going on, but it is astounding how many different gestures he has worked in to this, um, to this trigger, right? It's like, it seems so simple. Select a trackpad trigger, and then you open this window and your mind is blown with how many things you can do. Okay, but that's not it. So there's more. And one of them is your own custom gesture. Mm -hmm. And you use four fingers, but you code in the order of them. So if you went pinky, index, ring, middle, that, 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 you know, you could make that be a gesture. But you get to design it, and you could change the very change how those four fingers tap the screen or <laughs> tap the touch bar in any sequence you want, and make it do something. Um, so that that's crazy. And then also force touching. I didn't even mention force touching. Like one of the ones I use is force touching top right of my trackpad takes the current window and makes it on the right half of the screen. Force touching the the top left of my trackpad puts the current window on the left side of my screen. So, but you could do that more. You could like the top quadrant for the top right and the bottom right quadrant for the bottom right. I mean, it just, no matter how you want to use your computer, that's a possibility for you. It's absolutely wild. And I feel like the the musician in you likes the finger order tapping, you know, like it feels like something yeah, you so would much. be drawn to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I have a, I was laying in bed last night thinking about it because I've been making a whole bunch of these lately as we prep the show. You know, anytime we do a show like this, I get even more excited about the app. And I was thinking about some of my favorite jazz songs. Like what, you know, how do I finger, you know, that song on the, on the left hand of the saxophone, you know, because <laughs> I know in my fingers already how to play that song. Could I set up taps based on different songs that I like to make different things happen? <laughs> I I haven't figured it out entirely yet, but it's on it's in OmniFocus. That is something I'm going to investigate. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I have the dexterity for that, but uh, you, you may be thinking, well, I don't have a, a fancy magic mouse or a magic trackpad. I just have a, a regular mouse, and that's what I use. So I use a trackpad. I've talked about this before on the left-hand side of my keyboard for panning and zooming and logic and final cut. It's basically all it's there for. And I use a Logitech and older Logitech performance MX. They've discontinued it years ago as my mouse and it's got Logitech software, but it's really bad. This mouse is so old. The software for it isn't retina. Like I can't believe it loads in Catalina. Yeah. 
but Better Touch Tool can see all the buttons on this mouse. And so I have the thumb button. I have it if I if I click that down, then I get expose where I see all of my open windows and I can select between them. Or I guess mission control now, showing my my Mac age a little bit. And so if you have a mouse that maybe the software isn't supported, or if you're like me and like feel a little weird about Logitech software, Better Touch Tool can probably unlock all those buttons on your mouse. Now, it's not going to support everything out there, but the common stuff, the couple of different generations of Logitech mice I have just in my office, it saw all of them, which can kind of unlock some productivity stuff on a regular mouse. Uh, You get more if you use the Magic Mouse or Magic Trackpad because those hardware devices are more powerful, like more flexible. But if you're just, you know, using a regular Logitech mouse, you still have a lot of options, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and it's it's important to realize that they have two different sets of mouse settings in the application. One is just for the Magic Mouse, which is a touch device on the back of a mouse. And then the they call it Normal Mouse is the thing that will work with Steven's Logitech. Although I want to go back real quick. How you mentioned you keep the trackpad on the left side of your keyboard. I really think this app is ideal for that setup because you're basically using it as a control surface, not as a pointing device. Mm-hmm. And so that's all the more reason to put more controls into your control surface. And this is like keyboard shortcuts. You build one or two at a time until you incorporate them. But as you get better at it, you'll you'll learn that. I mean, I wouldn't listen to this show and then go make 20 separate, you know, inputs for your trackpad using Better Touch Tool. Instead, I'd make a list of 20, but I'd just pick two, the two most ones you're going to use most common use those until you get really good at them and then start adding more. I think that's totally fair. Anyway, for, for Steven, though, I think someone like Steven should be looking into better touch tool even more. So as, as a device, like for instance, when I screencast, one of the things I do is I, I hit three fingers tap twice when, uh, and it will center the window. So when I'm about to shoot a screencast, it automatically puts the current window in the center. Well, that's nice. Yeah. And you can do all of these. I think we mentioned this, but I want to circle back to it. Just like a lot of other automation tools, you can have sort of universal triggers that work across all apps, but then you can also yeah. have some that just work in specific apps. And and so for me, I'll talk about some of the ones that I'm using. Take advantage of, I'm already using my trackpad while I edit and having things just for logic that work in that context. And that's a really powerful thing that once you're in this app and you realize I can make it do different things depending on the app that I'm in, it sort of unlocks a whole different level. And you may not need or may not even want some of these in a lot of the apps that you use. And it lets you really customize it for like your specific workflow. You know, if you're in something like Logic all the time or Photoshop, right? I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but an action is you can set any keyboard shortcut. Well, you can have a bunch of those just for Photoshop that all other apps ignore. So you can really layer these things on over time. Okay, let's talk about some other triggers, though. One of them is you can draw a picture. Yeah, you can set up a, what do they call it? Uh, Drawing slash mouse gestures. And you draw like the shape of a star or triangle or circle or something and then Better Touch Tool watches for that and then uses it as a trigger. I don't know about you. I had real mixed luck with this in my testing. I, I really couldn't yeah. get it to do what I wanted it to do. I, I never got this to work reliably. I don't think I draw consistently enough. Yeah. 
So for whatever, you know, uh, we, I heard some from some listeners that actually are very successful with this. I think if you were going to do it, you would want to be like square triangle. They, it would be very basic shapes. Yeah, I think so. And I think my problem was like you, I, I can't, I can't draw it all really. Let's just be honest. Yeah. And, and let alone like on a mouse that I can't see what's happening. Well, and that's kind of the point of this is it's something you're not looking at. You know, your mm-hmm. trackpad or mouse is not something you're looking at. So drawing on something when you're not even looking at your finger or the mouse itself, that's pretty tough. Yeah, I think so. Siri remote. I want to talk about the Siri remote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you just have a spare one of these? Like, like I was thinking about this. I was like, the only one I have is in the living room with the Apple TV and they're really expensive, uh, but you can use it as a as a trigger device. Yeah, I feel like Andreas is kind of like James Thompson, where it's almost a stunt. You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> Apple, you're gonna make a you're gonna make a TV control with a touchpad on it. I'm gonna add it to my app. Yeah, I think a replacement Siri remote is like sixty bucks. <laughs> like, yeah, don't buy one just for this. Don't do it. Yeah, no, it's probably not the best use of a Siri, but maybe you just got really mad one day at something on the TV and you threw your Apple window out the window. And you're at the top of like one of those towers in New York mm. where it fell down and it's a very crashed into a million specific pieces. Specific use case. <laughs> I don't know. I'm working here, brother. No, I'm I know. Working. I know. Uh, I didn't honestly. I didn't even realize before this that the Siri remote would pair to a Mac over Bluetooth. Like that thought has never crossed my mind. That yeah. I, should, I should do this, but it does. And the triggers will watch for the the various buttons on the. Uh, remote, so menu, TV, microphone, etc. But then again, it has a touchpad. Now it only sees one finger, so you're not doing like three fingers on the tiny Siri remote. But you can swipe up and down, tap, you know, in any of the any of the corners, tap and hold. Uh, so it is available to you if you have a Siri remote floating around. But I agree with you. This exists only because the Siri remote exists, and he wanted to have it in his app. <laughs> I love yeah. it. <laughs> do you have? Do you ever watch the Apple TV app on your Mac? Um, no, I don't. See, no. I I do because I'm in my studio all the time, and like I'll put an episode of something on while I'm sitting here scanning documents or whatever. So I actually use my iMac as a TV using the Apple TV app. I haven't thought about that, but I guess I could pair the TV remote to my iMac and then get mad at the remote in my studio as well as my living room. I don't know. Hmm, maybe. I don't know. Um, but anyway, moving on. Uh, touch Bar we mentioned on, but Touch Bar is like, that's a whole other reason to buy this app. I almost feel mm-hmm. like he could have put all that functionality into a separate app called Better Touch Bar, and people would have bought that one too. Yep, I think <laughs> but so. He, but he just put it all in the same app. All and it's, in. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, so I spent a lot of time with this on my MacBook Pro. You know, I use a desktop Mac as do you. So I'm not at a MacBook pro every day, but I was immediately impressed with what you can do. So on the trigger side, you can create, uh, your own personalized buttons that show up on the touch bar and you can customize them with background color, a name over the weekend on Instagram. I I made a button that was a yellow button with the hot dog emoji. And when you tapped it, it made terminal, uh, it fired the terminal command, say hot dog. So I hit the hot dog button and my MacBook Pro would say hot dog, which my kids loved. They think I'm, they think I'm a genius now. So thanks, Better Touch Tool, for helping me impress my kids. 
Yeah, it's hard, but when you do impress them, you, now the hot dog button needs to stay there for the rest of their childhood. I know. Yeah, it's it's like uh, fixed there forever. Uh, those buttons you can put in groups. So if you have a lot of buttons, you can group them together. You can also control what Better Touch Tool does with the control strip, which if you're familiar with the touch bars over on the right-hand side, and it's it's the one that houses the you know Siri, Exposé, Volume, Brightness, sort of those system controls. And I keep those there. I find those very helpful, but you can have Better Touch Tool hide the control strip and just like banish it and just do all of your own stuff. But I think the real magic here uh, is those buttons where you can have just buttons wherever you need them, firing all sorts of actions, which we're going to talk about in a second. But that is far from the only thing, right? Because there's also widgets, which are incredible. Yeah. I, I Hold your powder on that. I want to talk about that later because I've gone widget crazy on uh. this laptop. But one of the points Stephen made that I really want to emphasize is you can make groups here. So, I mean, you can really turn the touch bar into something very useful just for you. And I, I think it really, it's like something I'm, the more I play with them, where I'm like, how come Apple didn't do this? I mean, this is so obvious now that I can have some widgets on my touch bar. It's also the first time that I've really wanted the touch bar on a desktop Mac. I, I'm not a huge fan of the touch bar, but I love the touch bar in terms of automation with better touch tool. And if I really were to dive, if I was going to work on my MacBook Pro all the time, I would have tons of stuff. And I'm going to slowly build that library up over time as I need things. But it would be so great to have some of those on a desktop as well. And, you know, even us fancy Mac Pro users have no touch bar in sight. Yeah. No, mm. it's it's something else. Well, well we're going to talk about the actions next. First, a word from our sponsor, 1Password. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by 1Password, one of the oldest and longest-running sponsors of the Mac Power Users and just an amazing app for protecting your privacy. So now that we're all working at home, we really want to protect our online security. You need an app like 1Password, where all you have to remember is, as the name implies, 1Password. If you type in your 1Password, it takes care of the rest for you. You know, when you go onto websites and they ask you to create a password, just because of the human brain, I guess we just always go back to the two or three passwords. You know? Sure. Maybe Stephen's kids, it'll always be hot dog because they remember <laughs> that cute button on their dad's computer. But either way, you don't want to do that because the bad guys get that one password, then they use hot dog on all the websites, your bank, your iTunes account, whatever, and they get in. So 1Password makes strong and unique passwords. They've got a really cool password generator where you can dial in exactly how the password is generated. One of the things you can do is you can say, don't use confusing letters like zero and capital O. I hate that when I get going to type in a password. I don't know which one it is. So that, you know, you can very much customize how it generates the passwords for you. Then it remembers them all for you. But it does so much more than that. The application also has a great way to secure data behind the 1Password vault. It, you know, you can keep all your credit card information in there. It It's on all your devices. And they have plans for your workplace or for your family. I'm a particular fan of the family plan. I talk about it in the show all the time because me and my family use it all the time. So get your own 1Password installation. Uh, one thing I would also recommend if you're working at home is 1Password on their blog. I know this isn't really related to the app, but it's worth talking about at blog.1password.com. They've been publishing some great articles about remote work as we're all kind of dealing with it through this COVID-19 mess. 
Um, so they've got articles about, you know, uh, prioritizing mental health and minimizing the risk of shadow IT and all the things that you want to work on while you're doing remote work. I would recommend going and checking that out. But also download and install 1Password because it's going to help you out. Now go to onepassword.com slash MPU, make it in all caps. We need all those caps for you to get the discount and you get 20% off your family plan. So check it out once again, onepassword.com slash MPU in all caps. And thank you, 1Password, for all your support of the Mac Power users. So we were talking about the touch bar and the fact that you can create your hot dog button before the break. Let's just continue there. And I want to explain about these widgets because it's crazy the kind of stuff you can put on your touch bar. It is. I wonder what your favorite is. Uh, I'll share my favorite. Uh, it's okay. a t- it's a tiny rendition of my dock right there on the touch bar. Yeah, it's so cool. Is you can you can uh, pan across it. You know, if you've used the emoji picker on the touch bar, you're familiar with this, where you can swipe over and it, it slides really nicely. You can have your dock there, and it is surprisingly not only surprisingly good looking. That's a really nice looking screen, but it's the first time I've really seen non Apple stuff on it. It's like, oh, this looks fantastic. And it can save you a trip, especially if you're using multiple displays with your laptop over to your dock. It's just right there at the keyboard. Yeah. Uh, My favorite is Next Event, and it's a um, widget created by the developer. It puts today's date on it in a very small um, size. Like It's like the icon with the, the, the date number, and then next to it is the Next Event on your calendar and I love and and the time of the next event. So I love seeing what's coming up on me because I block time a lot and I want to keep track of where I am and where I'm going. Mm -hmm. And not only can you drop this widget on and it puts just a really nice description of the next event on your touch bar, you can program actions based on touching it. And because the widget has two elements, it has the date and then it has the event description you can program actions based on touching the calendar date or touching the event name. So like, for instance, I can make it go to Fantastical and just open up the Fantastical for me, or I can make it go to create a new event in Fantastical, depending on which part of the widget that I touch. So it's really powerful, but I just love having my next event available to me. I had a menu bar app that did that for me as well. I think it's called next event we talked about on the menu bar show several months ago but on my um on my laptop i actually really like having it on the touch bar i actually find myself looking down there Hmm. as i feel the time you know clicking down thinking well what's up next and i can look down and see it and uh that's that's my favorite that's cool Uh, a couple others of note there is a weather widget that'll give you you know current weather data if you don't have a menu bar app that does that and there's also a app switcher widget. So if you don't want the whole dock and you just want recently running apps, it kind of rebuilds the command tab interface. You can have that as well. And you may think, well, you know, how do I manage the width of these things? Am I going to have collisions? Am I doing a lot of swiping? Better Touch Tool lets you customize how wide each of these widgets uh like how much space they'll take up horizontally. So if you want your dock there, but just take up half of it so you have room for other things, you can customize all that. And you hit save and it, it automatically redraws. So it may take some playing with to get the spacing the way you want it, but it is really customizable. And uh, I think the weather and the app switcher are, are two uh, good ones to check out as well. 
Yeah, and you can put groups on the touch bar so you can contain them if you want. Some others that are interesting is the uh, the now playing widget, which shows you what's playing in your music. You've got the ability to um, run an Apple script slider widget. The um, their shell scripts and. I understand that that's going to get even more powerful as the app moves forward. You know, you've got the developer working on it full time, so the automation stuff's going to go even further. Uh, remaining battery time is also another cool widget you can drop on your screen if you want. Um, and these are very customizable. Like in addition to the next event, there's also just a simple date and time widget. So you can have it display the date and time, but in the customization for the widget, you can set the date format. So like for mine is displaying the short month. So as we record this, it says APR 13. We're recording this on the 13th of April. And then the time in the 24 hour format, that's not the, that's not the default, but you can go in and change it. So it's very easy to make it work the way you want. I totally agree with you. This could have been its own app. It is, if you run a touch bar machine, you really should check this out because it is so much better than what Apple supports and you can even rebuild the control strip deal because it has you know playback and brightness and, and all those other things but i mean it really makes what apple offers seem seem pretty pretty half done yeah it makes me uh, that's why i keep worrying. i don't want to say the sherlock word on our show because too many people at apple listen to it but it's like how come the touch bar didn't ship this way to begin mm-hmm and this is actually better because with the way Andres has done it, we can attach our own triggers. Because, you know, if Apple did it, it would open the calendar app. It wouldn't open right. Fantastical. And, <laughs> right. you know, I couldn't attach an Apple script to it. And I couldn't I couldn't do all the cool automation stuff that we can do with it as is. So I'm, I'm frankly happy that this went down the way it did. But it is also, I think, a, 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 a secret that people need to know about. Because basically anybody who's got a Touch Bar MacBook should at least give this a try. 100%. All right, you want to talk about some other actions you can do with this thing? Yeah, let's get into some of these. And uh, like with triggers, let's start with the keyboard shortcuts actions. You said that you uh, you use this some. So how is this improving your, your day-to-day life? Well, I mean, if you have a keyboard shortcut that you want to attach to a button, you just type it in. It's that easy. And like, for instance, I trigger a bunch of stuff in Keyboard Maestro based on what I call the hyper key, which mm-hmm. is shift control option command plus a letter. And I've used a tricky method of, of attaching it to my caps lock key. But I can put those keyboard shortcuts in to run off a better touch tool trigger so I can trigger a Keyboard Maestro script to, to perform an action for me. And then Keyboard Maestro unlocks the keys to the kingdom. I can do anything with Keyboard Maestro, literally anything on my Mac. So um, I talked earlier about having that triple tap. All it's doing is running the Keyboard Maestro hyper key shortcut to center the current window. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, what's cool about this is that it really unlocks pretty much anything on your Mac. And if you if you do these per application. It means that any gesture, any input can trigger any any shortcut in basically any application. And if you layer on top of that, Mac OS's built-in functionality to customize keyboard shortcuts. So say that you're in, I'll, I'll just use Logic again. If you're in Logic and something you use doesn't have a keyboard shortcut, you can make a keyboard shortcut for it in system preferences and then tell better touch tool 
fire that keyboard shortcut in this app when I do this gesture. So you're building these layers on top of each other. And that's how I'm doing a lot of the stuff that I'm going to share when we talk about our Better Touch Tool setups. But it really means that Better Touch Tool can talk to anything on your Mac that is addressable via keyboard shortcut, not just the things that Andreas has programmed it to do, but literally anything. Yeah, and I mean, it, and it interacts all the way across the board. Like you can control the touch bar with the trackpad. You know, there are touch bar actions where you can open a touch bar group based on something you do on the trackpad. You know, because I talked about groups earlier. You don't have to take your hand off the trackpad to open the groups. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, it starts to feel like, you know, one of those, have you seen the show where the, the detectives looking at the board with a ball string pointing at all the different pictures and mm-hmm. maps. It starts to feel like that after a while, but it all works for itself, you know? So no matter which direction you want to go at this, you can do it. Uh, another series of actions they have are what they call auxiliary actions. And those are just things that kind of things you need to happen to make this app work better. Uh, you know, I, I talked about this with the keyboard maestro. The pause is the most important command in all of the keyboard maestro. Because whenever you're doing automation, sometimes your computer stumbles on its face, you know, like a little kid running downhill. Uh-huh. If you're if you don't slow down just a little bit, you know, you're not going to get there. You're going to you're going to face plant uh, automation will do that. So there's things in here where you can slow down an action or have it pause for a moment or disable a gesture for a few seconds. So there, there's some auxiliary actions that those are things you can do and you can chain these together. I guess I should have said that at the beginning when you have a trigger, it's not just one thing, you know, like we talked earlier about a, a touch, a touch bar action being open the calendar and then open fantastical, but I could actually have it do multiple things. I could have it open fantastical and then hit the keyboard shortcut for weak view. If maybe I just want to always jump to weak view whenever I tap that button on a touch bar. And then um, there, it's because it's automation tool, it can automate itself. There's a whole series of better touch tool related actions. So you can use one of these triggers to restart the app if you're having trouble with the app. Um, you can jump to the preferences. This is kind of meta stuff, but it's cool that it's there. And then there's also a thing called name triggers. And name triggers are... It's like a macro language where you can create your own triggers for use in other locations. So you could create um, a trigger and and save that and then use it later as part of a different automation. It's almost like nesting automation. Hmm. Um, you can do it uh, mouse clicks. You know, we talked about all the things you can do to touch the trackpad to trigger something. But you can equally do a bunch of actions of triggering things. So like a trigger can be do a left click on the mouse or a right click or a middle click or a command click or a double click. You know, it's, it's a whole series of mouse triggers that you can do based on some trigger you press in better touch tools. So, for instance, you could map to a touch bar button something that clicks the mouse and so people listening are going, this is getting ridiculous and stupid, but not really. If you're doing automation, maybe there's something you do all the time over and over again, that could actually be really helpful for you. And you can even set it to do like clicks with keyboard shortcuts. And there's an accessibility angle there as well, that if it's difficult uh, for someone to maybe do command option click for some reason, you can make that a three finger tap on the trackpad. So if you have those sorts of problems you need solving, Better Touch Tool again unlocks capability that 
is not there in, in Apple's built-in accessibility programs, but can be really helpful for a lot of types of people. Yeah, here's one you can do with Keyboard Maestro, but also equally with better touch tool is in addition to clicking the mouse, you can move the mouse to a certain location or you can save the mouse at its current location. So let's say you go to some website and if you keep your, let's say you keep your Safari window on the right half of your screen. So the mouse knows exactly on the screen where to go to push this button and that button. You could save those locations and make a, let's say a touch bar action where you tap the touch bar, it opens the URL, goes to that location, does a single click, pauses, goes to, and goes to a different place on the screen and does another click. And things that you would sit there, you know, you know the times when you have to do something for work or some something where you end up going to the same page all the time and clicking the button over and over mm-hmm. again and you want to like bang your head against the desktop. Yeah. I haven't, I've actually gone down the rabbit hole in this one. This is something I've done with Keyboard Maestro more, but this is absolutely doable with this tool set because they've got save location, move to location, and they've also got restore mouse to original position. So you could run that whole thing and it, and then add the clicks in that I was just talking about. And you could do a whole mouse automation. Crazy stuff, man. It is it is wild. And uh, I think the save and restore mouse position is is really, really powerful. And that's something that we talked about in the in the keyboard maestro episode sure. as well. And what's interesting yeah. to me is how differently these apps kind of approach that. Uh, all sorts of stuff. Toggle between big and normal cursor is is another nice one. You know, if you shake the cursor uh, in, I think it started in El Capitan, maybe the, the cursor gets big. Yeah, if you lose it, if you shake it, it gets bigger. Yeah, yeah, and if, you know, you have multiple displays like some people, I won't say who, then you may need to do that all the time. Well, you could just <laughs> do that to a, you know, three-finger gesture somewhere and not have to sort of shake your mouse back and forth like like some sort of... uh some sort of accident waiting to happen. You know, the mouse flies off the desk. Yeah, there's another one to hide the mouse cursor, which is I look at this, I'm like, oh, I need to incorporate that into my center screen because if I'm going to center the screen for a screencast, why not hide the mouse cursor at the same time? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, that's not floating around your screenshots, like moving around yeah. <laughs> erratically. <laughs> yeah. Just, just get rid of it. Yeah, nice. And then there's a whole series, and I think this is really uh, one of the bigger payoff action sections is the uh, control of applications. So uh, the obvious one is open an application. I already talked about the one I do with Fantastic. I'll just open the app. But there's a lot more than that. You can send a shortcut to a specific act. You can trigger menu bar items in an application. So like if you want to go to Safari and save as PDF, you could add that to an action. You know, anything that's in a menu bar, you can automate through this. Uh, you can also hit the contextual menu in an application. Um, you can have it just show the menu bar as opposed to select something in the menu bar. Uh, there's just so much you can activate, you can hide. And then there's a bunch of scripting actions, JavaScript, Apple script. Um, you can run any of those scripts from the application or mm-hmm. even execute terminal commands. Starts getting scary then, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a button on your touch bar runs, you know, some wild terminal command. That's how I did the hot yeah. dog. You know, it's like yeah. just say in a word, and the terminal will speak. And yeah. uh, you know, you don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops if you just want to fire off uh, a script. And what is what is cool about this is you can do so much of what Better Touch Tool does without ever touching the scripting stuff. But if you do yeah. want to go further, it's available to you. You don't have to also run 
some sort of script utility, you can do all of this in one place. There's a game I play with my kids where I open the Apple script editor and I just run the command say, and I put words in quotes and, um, I have my computer talk to them, you know? Oh yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, David thinks you should clean your room right now. And then they start arguing with my computer and I start arguing back. It's just like a goofy thing. And my kids are (laughs) older now, but we started this when they were young and we still do it to this day. But you could you could add those. I mean, so you could do it in a, in a terminal command, or you could do it in Apple Script. But all that stuff is possible. If you're a fan of the Automator workflows, you can run Automator workflows as well. There's also a bunch of actions for screenshots, and of course, in Mojave or Catalina, it's hard to remember what comes when they reworked the screenshot system. Yeah. But if you want even uh, more control, you don't like the way that Apple's doing it. There are screenshot actions as well. And so uh, what is neat about this is that it has its own uh, set of options that you can enable uh, in the screenshot section. And so you could say capture and edit screenshot video, but because you can build these actions on top of each other, you can move that screenshot around automatically. You could have it be renamed based on something or you can say, I don't like Apple shortcuts. I just want to do it with a single swipe or something to give you, again, greater flexibility around the screenshot tools. And that wasn't Mojave. I've been, I've been told <laughs> by that. I mean, I looked it up quietly. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty neat to, to consider something that is, is built into the system and you don't really like the way that it works. You can, you can just change it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And speaking of the system, they also have a whole host of system tools. You know, all the usual suspects, mission control, launchpad, dashboard. Dashboard, man. What about dashboard? Uh, it's, uh, it's gone. Rest in peace. Yeah. So I guess if you've got an older Mac or you're running yeah. on an older operating system, you would get dashboard. Uh, but, you know, show desktop, notification center, you can turn do not disturb on or off. That'd be another good one. I'm, I'm building out my screencasting one as we talk here. I could turn on do not disturb at the same time that I center the window and do the other stuff and hide the mouse. Um, you can toggle between dark mode and, you know, that goofy system that Mac OS 10, I guess it's not Mac OS 10 anymore. It's Mac OS uses to uh, split the windows where it locks them into a screen. Oh, yeah. I've already said my piece about that. Not a fan. Uh, but you can also move between spaces. You know, it's just... There's a whole bunch of stuff you can do there. And there's a start Siri one as well. Although I'm not a fan of triggers for Siri other than the built-in one already. Siri talks enough. We don't need any more. Yeah, I rarely use it on my Mac uh, at all. Uh, I have it up yeah. in the menu bar, but I took it off the control strip on my MacBook Pro because I, I would hit it accidentally all the time. Every time you hit the delete key. Yeah. And yep. uh, so that is uh, banished for me. But yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I don't want to bring Siri into my automation. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile. We're talking a lot about automation in this episode, and Text Expander is a key pillar in my automation strategy, not just on my Mac, but on iOS devices as well. If you type something more than three times, make it a snippet and let Text Expander type it for you. Things like your email address or address, but even things that are a lot more complicated. So one thing I have to do is I make wire payments to a lot of Relay FM hosts, and 
I have to put their names in a very specific format to wire them internationally. And it's it's not easy to remember because the formatting is strange. I just made a text expander snippet where I type a snippet, I get a drop down menu, I select the the person I'm sending it to, and then let text expander fill out that form on the bank website. So I know I'm not gonna make any errors. I'm not having to copy and paste from a Google Doc or something like that. Text Expander makes it a whole lot easier. Smile hosts webinars each month to learn more about Text Expander. Whether you're a beginner or a pro or somewhere in between, they have something for you to learn about boosting your productivity. Those are over on the Text Expander website at textexpander.com slash webinar. Text Expander is available for Mac OS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad, so your snippets are with you wherever you go. Show listeners will get 20% off their first year by visiting textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more and sign up. Once again, that's textexpander.com slash podcast for 20% off. Our thanks to Text Expander and Smile for sponsoring the show. There's a couple more sets of actions. I mean, and we aren't actually going to talk about them all on this episode because there's so many, but uh, a couple categories I'd like to to also include one is the space navigation, you know, moving left or right on space, but you can also have it move to a specific desktop. And I find this kind of useful. Uh, I, because I am a single monitor man these days, I don't know if you listen to the prior show, but I, I had to give up my extra monitors because we've got a bunch of people in the house. We needed them. But so I find myself using multiple desktops, but I do have in my head different work phases for different desktops. So jumping from desktop one to four is actually something that makes a lot of sense for me. And you can do that with this app. Yeah, because now you're basically, it's all linear, right? So you would go one, two, three, four, and it takes you more time, slower. Yeah. Uh, You can also automate moving the current app to a specific desktop. So like if I've got, let's say desktop four is for legal contracts and I'm working on a Word doc, I can I can create a trigger with better touch tool to send that word document to desktop four. It's great. Um, do, do you use multiple desktops, Stephen? I, I think we have, we talked about that. I don't, I have one yeah. and then I have music full screen to the, to the right. Yeah. I keep fantastical in the 14 day view and full screen and also music full screen, but I'm getting to where I, I use quite a few now. So, and it's cool that better touch tool addresses this because I find so much of the mission control experience frustrating because you like dragging and dropping. And if you miss it, then you've created music and finder side by side and no one needs that. And yeah, uh, this is one that I'm going to explore more after the show, because it may be that my frustration is what's kept me away, not the the actual feature itself. Yeah. Well, and we've talked about, I think on state of the Mac, the, you know, the, the poor state of the built-in kind of split screen multitasking stuff on mm-hmm. the Mac. It, it needs a lot of work. You can kind of work your way around it with a tool like this where you design yourself. And there's some additional features we'll talk about in a minute that even make that more possible. Another category of tools or actions you have are system actions, you know, sleep, uh, the computer, sleep display, log out. One of, you can create new files, you can empty the trash, all that you know, show hidden folders. So all the kind of system stuff you think uh, you can, script through better touch tool. And then they've also got a category called utility actions, which is just a catch all. And there's so much you can do in here. Like you can turn Bluetooth off or turn it on or, you know, toggle the display mirroring or airplay, or you can show the emoji symbol or the color picker. I use that color picker all the time and stuff I'm doing. 
And sometimes I just want it to appear. I think I'm going to actually add a button to the touch bar on my laptop for oh, that's this good. because I just want the color picker. And it's like you're in an app and you're like hunting around for a way to make it show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, Butterfetch will bring so many th- parts of macOS that aren't easily gettable. You know, talking about toggling Bluetooth or do not disturb or something. That's a trip to the menu bar, right? And then finding in the drop down where it is and if you do those sorts of things a lot, or more importantly, if you find yourself doing those things a lot in certain circumstances, better touch tool can be a real useful thing. Like if I, in my previous job, I was in a lot of meetings. And so every time I'd be like, okay, plug into the projector, turn off mirroring, you know, make sure that do not disturb is on. And with better touch tool, I could have just had a button that said meeting time and push the button on my touch bar. And all that, all those things happen automatically for me. And I think if you're in that sort of situation where you're changing mode or context with your Mac, look at some of these system actions, because I think they could save you a lot of fiddly stuff, right? And it's the, it's the one time you forget to do one of those things where it becomes a problem, right? We've all, we've all been there. And it can, I think it can really speed up sort of the, just a lot of the point and hunt and clicking that we all have to do as Mac users. Yeah, and see, and if I could tie it to uh, a tap on the touch bar that matches Disney Gillespie salt peanuts right before I talk, that'd be great, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to have fun with this. I'm going to have fun with this. You mentioned the the window snapping. I like to talk a little bit about that. I, like I said, I don't use multiple spaces. And the way that Mac OS does this is basically the way the iPad does it, where like I have two apps full screen side by side, but the desktop's not behind them, right? They are full screen apps. And that's not what I want, but there are a lot of times where I want two Safari windows open, one on the left, one on the right. For instance, preparing the show document, right? I had our show notes on the left and my right Safari window was full of resources, right? So watch YouTube videos of people doing stuff, reading through the documentation, reading through the forms. And Better Touch Tool has really great window snapping features. It's extremely customizable. So I, for instance, wanted a little bit of space in between the windows and some space around the dock. And so I have it a gap above the dock. And then I made the left window 49% and the right window 50%. So I have a little bit of my desktop shining through. They don't, they don't quite touch. And it gives me a little more breathing room. I can click into the finder if I need to between the windows. And it's really easy. Just You can drag the window into one of the edges of the screen. It shows you the space it'll fill. And there's an option, and I really recommend this, to restore old window size if the window is dragged away. So if I drag it uh, out of that space, it will go back to the, the size and window ratio that it was before. And so when I'm done with this, I don't want my Safari window just to be sort of the same, you know, as it normally is. I can drag it back out and it will go back to that size that I prefer. This has been super useful for me. I've gone through a lot of these tools over the years, and I think Better Touch Tool does it the way that my brain thinks about it the best. Yeah, I do this with two different apps. I use Keyboard Maestro to do it with keyboard shortcuts. Mm-hmm. 
and I've got a whole system for that. But if I've got my hand on the mouse, I use a better touch tool snapping to size them. And like you, I've got to customize it. I do like a little padding around the windows and uh, like, you know, because I'm a nerd, I've gone through and, and dialed it in just the way I want it. But it's it's really useful and it's it's way more powerful than the typical window resizing applications. Oh, yeah. And if this is something that you want and you don't need the other automation stuff, this is a set of features that he's broken out into its own app. There are some slight differences between the two, like the deal where you can say, I want the left one to be 49% and the right one 50% doesn't have that option. But the, the overlap is is basically complete other than that. So that's called better snap tool if you are looking just for a good window manager. But I think for the price, it's, it's silly not to check out everything else this app can do. At a, at a minimum... It's seven dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I just, yeah. I feel like I need to write him and say, "Man, you gotta raise." The, you I gotta I, raise I the totally price. agree. This utility should cost more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want this app to exist for many years. Um. Anyway, the yeah. So window snapping is a whole different set tool, and also navigating spaces and desktops, like I was talking about earlier, is another kind of additional feature set. I would say that you get with this app. There's also. Uh, Better Touch Tool Remote, which is an iOS or iPadOS app. This kind of falls in line with, we spoke about this with Alfred. Alfred has a iPhone utility as well that has, um, it basically becomes a remote control for your, for your Mac. And with this, with Better Touch Tool Remote, you get system control, so brightness, et cetera. You have a trackpad, uh, but you can also use it as a trigger. So you can have actions fired from your phone. So what I think about is, am I using a Mac mini as an entertainment computer? I hook up to my TV and I don't necessarily want a keyboard and mouse somewhere floating around. You could build media actions, you know, open this app, make it full screen, play this file all right from your phone. And uh, it's it's pretty amazing turning your iPhone into like a really powerful remote for your Mac. You know, I I couldn't think of a use for this. So thanks for coming up with one. Yeah, I, th- I think the the media thing is what I would, uh, I would use it for the most. And honestly, our use of a Mac mini as a, <laughs> as a media machine is really um, dwindled over the years. Uh, but it's cool, and if you have purchased Better Touch Tool, then it's it's free to use this. So you can go check that out. It's in the it's in the iOS App Store. Yeah, see, that felt to me like just a step above the you know the Apple TV remote interaction. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay, I could make an app to control to. Well, then I'm going to do that. I think Keyboard Meister did the same thing, and I I I don't know. I'm when I'm sitting at my computer, thinking to pull my phone out of my pocket to trigger an automation doesn't seem like very make make a lot of sense but i guess you're right if if the if it's a headless mac it actually could be useful yeah yeah or you know it could be a like a home server or maybe you're presenting and your mac isn't right in front of you or yeah. you know some sort of media environment i think there's a lot of ways that mac minis end up without a display attached yeah yeah and if you have that this this is probably the the simplest way to to get around some of those limitations Better touch. They'll come for the automation, stay for the window management. <laughs> I like that. That's good. <laughs> there we go, man. You can have that one for free. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so, so what are some of the ways that, that uh, you're using it? 
so I, I, you know, like I said, I've been using it a lot more the last couple of weeks because I had like fallen in the habit. Like I've got a tap sequence I use for switching tabs in Safari that I've been using so long with better touch tool. I don't even think about it. And it's great because uh, in Safari, I never seem to be able to get the keyboard shortcut under my fingers for um, going switching between tabs. Uh, and I usually have my finger on the trackpad when I'm looking at web pages because I'm moving around with the mouse. So that's just second nature for me. It's two plus one on either side. I think they call it a tip tap. And then um, on the uh, the other thing I do is I set up for screen recording. I talked earlier about centering windows. The other thing I often do, because there is no better way to do this than uh, to record the screen off a iPhone or iPad, I, sc- I record those into QuickTime because all the apps that try and do it don't seem to stay connected in QuickTime is rock solid. But it's a whole sequence. You got to open the app. You got to push a keyboard. There's a whole bunch of stuff you have to do to get that recording started. And I have that built into also a better touch tool trigger that I do with my fingers on the trackpad. Um, I talked earlier about the hot corners I use to, for window management. I've got so many different ways to manage windows and, and you know, the uh, trackpad stuff works really good. Yeah, it's cool. On touch bar customizations, I have on the far left, the current date in a format that I like. Um, and then I have the weather and then I have the next event. And then on the right side, I've been playing with the series of buttons. I think I'm going to make some nested actions on the touch bar. Uh, th- this is actually, I'm having more fun with the touch bar now than I have had in, since it started, you know. Um, but I'm, I haven't ex- decided exactly what I'm going to do with the remaining real estate. I am, however, leaving Apple's control strip in because occasionally I do need to go in and have it be a function key. Sure. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think the ability to have those side by side is, is spectacular. That yeah. the touch tool can take over the touch bar if you want it to. But it doesn't have to. And I agree with you. I've I've left the control strip there because I think it's just I've kind of internalized, you know, hit the brightness and, and swipe. I've kind of internalized that gesture with my right hand. Uh, but I do want it to be more useful than just that. So having them side by side totally works for me. I, I also am uh, taking advantage of better touch tool on app specific uh, applications. Like I spend a lot of time in ScreenFlow, like you spend a lot of time in Logic. So I've got various touch related actions in ScreenFlow because my hands are always on the trackpad when I'm working in ScreenFlow. And a bunch of like customize or menu items or exports, just a bunch of different things I do in ScreenFlow that always annoy me because they take a lot of taps or very specific clicks. Um, I've automated those with better touch tool and they only run when I'm in that application. Yeah, that's cool. For me, like I said, this is the first window snapping tool that really works the way I want it to and gives me the customization that I want. You know, Moom and others are fantastic and I've I've tried, believe me, all of them, but this is the one that's really stuck for me. You can even customize like what the overlay looks like, you know, so it shows you an outline of where your, your window is going to be. It'll show you, you know, what that looks like. You can customize that. It's, it's spectacular. And I mentioned that I'm using it a, a lot in logic and I'm using it with the trackpad and the keyboard shortcut action. Now I could do it also in the, as a menu bar action, you know, obviously there's overlap in some of these. Um, but one of the things I do a lot, of course, is cut a section of audio where the playhead is. So where the, the play point is, make a cut there. And that's command T and logic. But if I'm panning over with my 
trackpad. Then I've got to move my hand from the trackpad to the mouse, hit command T and then go back. Right. And it's, if I do that hundreds of times a week, that adds up to time and, and it's a lot of movement. And so I have set three finger swipe down again, that would conflict with the system preference for app expose, but I've turned that off. And it now means whatever region I'm in at the playhead and logic, it just makes a cut. Uh, the other thing I do a lot of is select all following. So if I make a cut, I want to select all the audio after that cut so I can move it forward. I have that set to shift F. This is one that I'm not positive. That's an actual logic shortcut, or I've just made it <laughs> a logic shortcut. Um, yeah. Cause I've used logic for such a long time now, but I have three finger tap set up for that. So now if I want to cut, select and drag, my hand doesn't have to leave the trackpad. And I have found myself relying on the keyboard shortcuts much, much less frequently in Logic. And I'm sure some of our listeners like this too. Sometimes when you move between a mouse and a keyboard a lot, it's actually kind of hard to get the keyboard shortcut right. And for me, like Command-T, I can usually hit it, but if I hit Command-G or Command-Y, like some of those do other things in Logic. And this has really kept me from making erroneous keyboard shortcuts in logic. Um, I've got another one that's a four finger double tap to insert a chapter marker. Cause that keyboard shortcut, I can never remember. And it's like kind of around some others on the keyboard that do things I don't want to do in logic. And so for me, as someone who's in logic hours a week, it has really sped up my work and made it less error prone, which is really important to me. Yeah. One of the things I really like about your, your cut um, shortcut, the swipe down with three fingers is it logically makes sense, like yeah. a cut, like swiping down, just like in the applications, like I believe it's scissors that point down mm-hmm. as the icon. So it, it kind of like in your brain can make sense. And I think that's a really good tip. If you're setting this up, try to pick um, gestures that kind of make sense with the tool you're doing. I mean, just like you swipe to the right, if you want to go to, you know, one direction for the tab or swipe to the left for a different direction, things like that. Uh, try and bring some just basic logic in it because just assume future you isn't going to necessarily are going to remember all the details, you know, make it as totally. easy on yourself as possible. Oh, t- totally. It gets, get, and that kind of gets back to the thing of don't do 20 of these, just do a couple, get them down and then do some more. Don't, don't try and do this all at once. Yeah. Cause you, you can really spend so much time doing this. And then if you can't remember them, you're going to make yourself uh, a little mad. <laughs> right. And so this gives you, yeah. The, really the ability to have what you need when you need it and not totally ruin your brain. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move and enter offer code MPU at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain and award-winning templates and more. So maybe you want to create an online store or portfolio or or a blog, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install. There's no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about that stuff. Squarespace has got it covered, and they have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain so you don't even need to go elsewhere for that. And all of the award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. And not only are the uh, templates beautiful, they're very customizable. I have both my Max Sparky website and my legal website built through Squarespace. 
I started with one of the templates and then I just started making little changes just to make it the way I want. And I'm very happy with the way both of those websites look. They look professionally made, even though they were done by me. And it wasn't too expensive. You can get a plan started for just $12 a month. And you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash MPU. Everybody has a reason for a website, whether, you know, maybe you have got a baby on the way, or maybe your church needs a new website, or maybe your your soccer team does. You can go on Squarespace and get started for very little money and have a very professional website. It's all responsive design, so the stuff you make is going to look good, whether it's viewed on a little iPhone screen or a big 27-inch monitor. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code MPU to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for us here at the Mac Power Users. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash MPU and the code MPU to get 10% off your first purchase. Thank you, Squarespace, for your support of this show and all of FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. All right, do we want to talk some about what our listeners are doing and what they've shared in the forums? Oh, yeah, just for giggles, I put up a post in the forum saying, hey, we're going to make this show, you guys. What do you like? And we got some great ideas from listeners. Um, Rosemary Orchard, uh, you know, uh, co-producer of the show practically. She helps run the forums <laughs> and she's a big friend of the show. And uh, she uses a snapping. She, I didn't realize this until just this week Rose sent me a picture of her or works up. She's got a 34-inch wide screen. Oh, yeah. She's one of those. Yeah. yeah she, it's like she gets lost in that screen. Anyway, so she needs to split the screen, not in just half, but she splits it in thirds, and she does all that with snapping uh, with Better Touch Tool. Um, listener um, Dustin totally redid his his uh, menu bar. I'm sorry, not his menu bar, his touch bar. And he gave a, a nice image of it. He's using a bunch of stuff. He created a button to launch one password. Um, he also put in a button for floating. What's that? that feature where you float the video out of Safari uh, picture in picture, uh, um, picture in picture. What a great idea to put that on the touch bar. I'm going to, I'm going to copy that idea. He also has the now playing thing. So he's gone through and really uh, customized it. But um, a listener, Sam Kale, I think wins the price. Uh-huh. I, I, Sam gets a gold star. Um, I'm not even going to talk about all the stuff he did because he did so much, but he did a whole bunch of stuff based on applications one of the ones I thought was clever is in Skype, he does a four-finger pinch to mute his microphone. That's cool. And then four fingers spread spread to unmute it, which is a great idea if you've got a microphone that will work that way. And then another one I thought that was clever was in OmniFocus, Outlook, Excel, and Safari. He uses a th- three-finger click to activate the keyboard maestro palette. So now we're totally combining automation here. Uh, you may recall from the Keyboard Maestro show, Keyboard Maestro has the ability to run palettes or a list of tools on the screen based on a base, uh, various applications or mm-hmm. groupings. So he triggers those with a three-finger click, and it's dependent on the app he's in. I, I, did I say two gold stars? I think Sam gets three gold I stars. I think three gold stars goes out. <laughs> yeah. You know. Anyway, he, he's got a bunch of cool tricks. I thought that was really fun. And, um, you know, a lot of people are using it for text expansion um, and uh, you know, just it, it, there's a lot here. So if you're on the forums, go in and look at these. Uh, the listeners really delivered the goods here. Uh, w- one thing we haven't touched on yet are some sort of miscellaneous features and maybe features that that are coming uh, in the future to better touch tool. 
One of those is sync. So if you run multiple Macs and you go to better touch tool settings, there's a sync option. It syncs either with Dropbox or iCloud Drive. Um, but in big red letters, it says, this is experimental. Create a backup of your settings before activating sync. Uh, it's been fine for me syncing between my laptop and my desktop, but it is in beta. We want to <laughs> make sure that's clear. But if you do run multiple Macs, you can sync over your settings between the two of them. Yeah, he's uh, really getting into more automation. JavaScript, AppleScript, ShellScript, all that stuff is going to get supported even more. He's also working on making dynamic text for the menu bar icon so you can display custom things in your menu bar. That sounds like fun. That's really cool. Make it say, hi, David. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like if you wanted to put more details about upcoming events or, you know, it did you know did your baseball team win today? The other thing that is interesting, this is just just kind of falls into the category of the Apple TV remote support. He's going to put gamepad support in. <laughs> so he is a he is a disciple of uh, James Thompson. Yeah, because like, why not have an Xbox controller next to your Mac and I don't know hit a <laughs> hit the A B combo, maybe hit a Mario Kart combo. Yeah cheek combo and it i don't know does something on your map restarts finder <laughs> <laughs> i what love if you that could, I, although it would be kind of interesting if you could like control a browser with the thumbsticks and fantastic. then like attach like print screen to some buttons i don't know I, I could see you kind of doing something with it i could also see that being an interesting option if you had an a um a mac mini connected to a tv mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah anyway yeah this this app does a lot. I guess we've we've uh, waxed on about it long enough here. <laughs> so you said you talked a little bit about how you use this, yeah, with keyboard maestro. Um, if someone is you know sort of wondering about the overlap or where the big differences are, where do you think that sort of comes down? I think um, you know keyboard maestro is is very powerful. Um, Keyboard Maestro is not necessarily something you use to automate your trackpad and mouse with. I mean, I, I, I in my head, and I know there's people, because I saw the users in the forums that are doing this, but in my head, really, Better Touch Tool is the tool that I use to automate based on these input devices, and Keyboard Maestro is the app that I use to glue together crazy things. I mean, I use Keyboard Maestro to write contracts, you know, and I can't really see myself doing that with this app, but they certainly can work together. Because you can, once you create a keyboard maestro keyboard-based shortcut, you can trigger it with all these various touch interfaces. So I, I think they work together very well, but there's room in my heart for both. I totally agree with that. You know, they, they obviously do similar things. A lot of the actions are overlapping in big ways, but I think it's all about the the input device that you want to use and what you want to use for each action. There's no problem running these side by side in your max menu bar whatsoever. Yeah, I think this app is ideal if you have a trackpad and you'd like to get more out of it. Um, it's ideal if you would like to get more out of your mouse, whether it's an Apple mouse or a third party mouse. And I think it's almost a must have if you've got a touch bar and you want to actually make it work for you. Totally. All right. Well, um, we've got a great thread. We'll link the thread with all the better touch tool tips from the listeners in the show notes. So you can go check those out. And also there's always a thread for each show as it publishes. So you can share some of your better touch tool tips there and let us know what you think. 
Thanks to our sponsors today, and that's our friends over at Eero, 1Password, Smile, and Squarespace. We're the Mac Power Users. You can find us at relay.fm slash MPU. You can find the forums at talk.macpowerusers.com. We've got a great newsletter, gang. If you uh, like the show and you want to get the uh, the show links in your inbox, maybe we, we usually put some other stuff in that newsletter, too. It goes out every week, just a few minutes after the show publishes. Now that we got that figured out, um, so sign up for that. There's a link in the show notes for that as well. Did I miss anything, Stephen? Sounds good to me. All right. We'll see you next week. <laughs>